Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. Hey everyone, welcome into the Sacred Echo Podcast. Um, I'm here with Dave Ferguson from Chattanooga and Patty McCoy from Portland, Oregon. And we're talking weather because that's what you do when you first <laughs> <laughs> That's how we start our lives. That's right. I will just say this before you all talk about your weather. Ours is better. So Yep. <laughs> I I rarely believe that isn't true. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a well-constructed sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful up here in Portland. It's gorgeous outside, full moon last night. Man, it just lit up everything, but it's freezing cold. And as I was telling the gentleman before we started recording, uh, yeah, we had a wood fire, which nothing beats a wood fire. It just heats your bones. It's amazing. But uh, then we forgot, we turned the heater off because it was so hot in the house. And then we forgot to turn it back on. So it's a little chilly. Why? Why didn't nice. you just? Why didn't you just keep the wood fire going? Well, because there's nothing been... better than a wood fire. <laughs> I would have been staying awake all weather? night. I feel like decent weather is better than a wood fire. <laughs> That's probably true. Oh, I acquiesce. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little antagonistic today. I'm not really sure why. Today. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, will say since you brought up fires, so uh, I spent the week of Thanksgiving up in Eureka, California, around the Redwood Forests. We drove around, visited a number of awesome places. And Thanksgiving Day, we there is a portion of the Avenue of the Giants we had not hit, and we were driving. We're all six of us, my family, my kids, and, and my wife and myself, in uh, Ford Explorer of my daughters, and we're driving through, and, um, and it was that dusky time when when as you drive past campgrounds, they would be having their campfires going. Now, it was getting cool enough as we're driving that we had the heat going in the car, but we wanted the windows down just to be able to smell the air in the redwood forest, right? And going through a campground with the campfires going, oh my goodness, there was something just magical about these massive trees and the smell of campfires and yeah, it was that was awesome. So, Patty, uh, I'll 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 go in with you on on uh, on a wood wood fire. <laughs> it's the best well, they can good. do. I'm for you. glad we're all decided on a <laughs> perfect. Wood fire. And uh, thanks for coming to the podcast this week. That's Sacred Echo yeah. Podcast. I feel like we've solved some problems and sorted some things out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Today, we're actually talking about the last um, sermon in the series uh, that we were calling Uncomfortable, and we were talking about gratitude. And we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming series called Adventure, which you should hopefully all already be looking at uh, the series guide for it. Patty, you wrote the series guide for the Adventure series. I really appreciate that. Did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. It was I mean, fun. I haven't read uh, it yet, but well, I no, I am. I know that's true. Um, but 
<laughs> I, uh, I, it's not yeah. true. I've actually Christmas, read it. Christmas is always, uh, you know, it's always, as pastors, you know, when you talk about it year after year after year, you're always trying to think of, you know, what's new, what's fresh. Um, but the story itself uh, obviously transcends. Um, but it's fun to think about it in the in the perspective of adventure and and adventure means risk. And so what were the risks involved uh, then? Mm. What are the risks involved in us now as we uh, continue the Christmas story with the incarnation uh, that lives and breathes in through us? So that's kind of that's kind of what that one is. That's great. It's going to be great. But before we get to that, let's take a quick. So what happens here at the Sacred Echo is normally we do this, the podcast before we all preach the sermon. Um, but because last week was Thanksgiving and none of us wanted to hang out on zoom at Thanksgiving, we wanted to be with our families, which I think is absolutely appropriate. Um, we're actually talking about it after the fact. And, um, so, so here was my biggest takeaway from this week. If I could, if I could give it, I was thinking about what the opposite of gratitude was and, um, as I was preaching it, the opposite of gratitude for me is not ingratitude, although that's kind of obvious. Um, ingratitude is just not being thankful. But the opposite of gratitude to me um, is, and I'm going to forget the word. Entitlement. Entitlement. <laughs> yeah. That's the word. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why I can't think of it. It's entitlement, right? The idea yeah. that um, we are owed something because of who we are, what we are, what we have. Um, uh, sometimes another word for it is privilege, right? Um, which is a little bit more triggering at times for people. So sorry about that if that's what it does. But um, and the, the idea of entitlement is is a problem when it comes to us being in the kingdom of God in some respects. And really when it comes to us um, living a life of gratitude, because entitlement and gratitude cannot coexist. I don't think, unless you guys want to push back on me on that. But I have a hard time believing that they coexist. The illustration that I used this week, that some of you may have heard, was simply, um, you know, I'm a I'm a platinum member, flyer mm. of Delta. Yes. And I'm entitled to the upgrade. And when I don't get it, I'm not grateful for my Comfort Plus upgrade. I'm not grateful for that because I should have had a first class upgrade. So I truly believe that entitlement and gratitude have a really hard time existing together. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yes. <laughs> it's wonderful doing a podcast with you all. Thank you so much for coming into the Sacred Echo podcast. I heard Patty give a deep contemplative breath and I thought, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. What comes out next? <laughs> so I just gave space for that, but yeah. No, I I I am um I am intrigued by the the juxtaposition of those two ideas, entitlement versus gratitude. Um, I think you're right. They kind of occupy the same um, kind of memory card slot, right? You either got, you you can stick one or the other there. It feels like to me. Um, and <clears throat> I think we struggle this time of year um, to, to, to keep first things first, to have, to have gratitude. You can always be thinking about and, and, um, what you don't have. And I think, I think it's interesting in our communities, um, because there always are people who have more than, than I do, you do. Right. And it's so easy to spend 
mental energy on that somehow, right? If I only, if they didn't, why do, you know, that sort of thing, right? And so comparison, I think, is a companion. I, I think entitlement and comparison do not occupy the same slot. Mm-hmm. I think they can op- often be in side-by-side multiplying um, spaces in, in, in my brain. And it's not... Comparison often triggers entitlement to me, I think. That's interesting. I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you, Dave. Can we disagree well, hear about it. on the Sacred uh, Echo podcast? I, I hope so. Um, <laughs> I mean, does that stand in the way of what the Sacred Echo is, us all agreeing through the Holy Spirit? No. Um, I, so this is why I'm going to maybe disagree with you, maybe, um, is that I have a tendency to believe that comparison doesn't breed entitlement. Comparison has a tendency to breed um, jealousy and an understanding of lack more than entitlement, perhaps. Hmm. Well, and uh, um, I'm not sure those are mutually exclusive. I I think that um, I think that jealousy and the, the, the idea that you have something that I don't have that I wish I had jealousy and i deserve to have it entitlement i see what you did there that's pretty good um i don't know why tim you get to go speak at that place why not me you know right it's it's right we we tend to compare and then I, and then maybe it's personality driven in some ways because I think that's I think there's a fork in the road, um, mm. and comparison is the is the is the is the catalyst. That's good. That's and the, good. And the fork goes. You know, certain personalities go. Um, you have this, and I don't, and I never will because I'm not good enough, and I don't deserve it, and I can't right. do anything right. And I I was always told I would not amount. You know, right? Mm. <clears throat> that's one path the other path is seriously i mean look at that guy what are they doing uh to deserve this i and and lord goodness you you've made promises here and i should be i've done everything you've had you know right that's the other fork to me and that's and the other fruit of that is is bitterness resentment right those are some of the other fruits that come i think yeah, both of them lead to kind of those same fruits. Two things I wanna I wanna mention. Number one, Dave, that was really good. I, I like the way that you tied that in. Number one. Number two, and those of you who <clears throat> well, none of you are watching this. You're all listening to this. What you didn't get to see is Dave's signature move of arms <laughs> straight out. It's finally visited the podcast. Yeah. Because if you've seen Dave preach, you know that he preaches with his arms straight out most of the time. It's impossible to get a picture of him without his arms stretched straight out. So so I'm taking I'm, flight. <laughs> I'm glad that it's visited the podcast now. I feel like we're we're in it now. If they're just gesticulating quite so profoundly, I think that's great. Um, but no, I hear exactly what you're saying. I think you're right. What's funny is that as you were talking about it, I don't know what you were doing, Patty, but I'm definitely like identifying with one of those mm-hmm. or the other one. Yeah, I actually was thinking about the um, the in Luke 18, the the tax collector and the Pharisee. Um, parable, because I was I was thinking about how, you know, the Pharisee used the language of gratitude. I thank you, God, that I'm not like, and then he compared himself to the tax collector, 
right? But his entitlement <laughs> was, you know, I mean, it, it was it was the language of of gratitude without the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. We've right? just see because we've been using the idea of comparison in a jealous way, right? Mm-hmm. You you just pointed out the use of comparison in a uh, faux or pseudo grateful way. Mm. Um, sure am glad, Lord, I am, I am grateful that I am not like that yeah. guy, right? Uh, which again is not about gratitude. It's about that comparison piece. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you guys have heard this from some people where they say that, you know, when you're having a bad time, you can, you can sit there and think about the fact that someone else has it worse. And I get the sentiment of that, <laughs> but I don't like to think about it. You know, I, I, I mean, in that, in that same way to boost myself up, I feel like that's, that's not of the spirit, if I can say it that way. So there is a, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the exact way that it's most commonly put, but I'm, I'm a little bothered sometimes by the response when you say, Hey, how are you doing? And somebody says, uh, great. Nobody listen anyway. You know that one, mm. Um, mm. and and it's and it's always done kind of in a chipper, jokey kind of way. And I always think to myself, eh, you know, eh, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't yeah. resonate with me because it's it's it, uh, the facial. You know, it's it's a joke, and this is meant for mirth and laughter, but it it almost lands oppositely for me. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I um in the sermon this week I used um. Well, now I can't remember what it was, but I think it was Matthew 22. Um, the, the banquet? Yeah, the banquet. And um, I thought that was so interesting, the way that Jesus handled that, um, mm-hmm. the way that he handled, which was, I think, I think a pushback on entitlement. He had just thrown over the, the, the tables at the temple. I think there was a lot of, how dare you do this to us? And then Jesus tells a parable about people who acted so entitled that they lost the invitation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, rather than being grateful for the invitation from the king, they acted entitled about and bothered by the invitation. And then, um, and then the king finally says in, in the parable, the king says, well, they're not even worthy of the invitation. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think we have to be careful with entitlement. Really, and understand that really anything anything that is good that comes from God, and I think all good things come from God, um, it's they're a gift, and we need to maybe live accordingly. Yeah, do you think that that may that maybe is why you know, like kneeling to pray is important. It's a reminder, you know. I mean, you can always go through the motions and forget what it's about, but really, it's a it's a reminder that someone else is in charge. Um, that you know, you're not the, you're not the king. You're not, you're not God. And then also worship and the practice of gratitude, all of those, those disciplines, so to speak, are, you know, there to help us remember who the source of our, of our blessings are, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I have a ritual that happens in my head and it wouldn't be transparent. Um, (laughs) to anybody else necessarily, but part of what's going on, I, I cannot hardly uh, finish a public teaching preach 
and and I it's hard for me to do that and not pray afterwards <clears throat> as right. I'm closing. I mean, you'll right. every once in a yeah. while somebody say, "Well," and you'll close that with prayer, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's the way that's <laughs> going to go. And but part of the reason is early on, I realized that I get a an electricity, I get juice from connecting with a crowd that is a little trippy hmm. and it plays into, it has the opportunity to play into um, some real carnal spot in my heart hmm. of pride. And when I pray at the end, part of what's happening there, whatever the language is that's going on out here, <laughs> part of what is happening inside of me is it's a, it's a ritual on my part of admission that if anything good happened here, it, it's it's because of you. I, I pledge myself not to take your credit and your glory. I'm I, I want to be I want to be David pre-slaying of Goliath rather than we're just after. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is such a hard thing. You step up and you can, you know, we're we're so broken and 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 then you give your offering, you do your best, and you know that God's gonna have to show up, and then he does, and it's crazy and great when he does and you were the one standing at the front when that happened and the next thing you know in in uh the story of david and goliath you're walking around holding goliath's head right mm -hmm. and the battle is over and you take it home and you put it on your fence post and <laughs> whatever sorry about that graphic example but it is such an interesting illustration of how we go from the little boy who can't get this done without god showing up to the guy who everybody's singing about and so that ritual to me you triggered that thought and just talking about prayer patty <clears throat> um that which by the way that does sound like a product doesn't it prayer patty <laughs> but anyway um but it, it made me it, it triggered this thought <laughs> that, sorry i had to uh, unmute myself to laugh at that <laughs> anyway sorry i barely even remember where i was going <laughs> well <laughs> That's hard to know where to go after that, Dave. I think <laughs> well, that that's wait, the... hey, I, I think I think maybe we can just make the overarching statement that living a life of gratitude is probably better than a life yeah. of entitlement or in in another direction. Yeah, and yeah. it's it both is a blocker. It gets in the way of um, entitlement, comparison, jealousy. It gets in the way of that, which is lovely. But it's also the medicine, isn't it? Um, Hmm. for when you're entrenched or steeped in that. Um, and I love, I was thinking about this as we were talking earlier, Tim, I love that when Paul is writing about gratitude so completely in, in Philippians that he, he uses the word contentment, which I think is a, is a, is a companion piece to gratitude. Right. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and, and he uses the phrase, I have learned to be content. Mm -hmm. It's not natural. It, but it can be learned. It's not about your personality of being optimistic or what it, it can be learned. It is the medicine um, for that other side, the, the entitlement piece. Well, and I, I was thinking too, Dave, as, as you were talking about, you know, really 
what did God tell the Israelites once he had rescued them from Egypt? Yeah, immediately there was this gratitude of, man, God, thank you so much for bringing us out. There were some problems and issues along the way. We admit that, but you know, we're so grateful. And God says, all right, well, don't forget this. Don't forget this moment because when life is good, when you have all the things you think you need, then you're going to stop this practice of thankfulness, right? And and then you're going to get to a place where you you have to kind of be broken again um, to to remember. I don't want that to be the case, um, you know. But but that's kind of how the how human nature tends to go. Um, so whatever practices we can put into place that help us practice gratitude on a regular basis, remember where our blessings come from, our source of life. Um, I've been trying out a new prayer rhythm in the last couple of months that involves um at night i do i do gratitude but it's not the it's not just god thank you for this thank you for this thank you for that um it's more of god i recognize that you know this gift i got today that would have been enough but you went the extra mile and i got this or this happened. Like like when I was just thinking about after the holiday was that my kids were home and it's been a little while since they were both home and healthy for the holiday. You know, they usually come home from break that, you know, the the adrenaline or or whatever it is from school lets down and then they get sick. But they're both healthy. We had a good time. Um, you know, it was fun to be together. And so I was grateful that they were home. But man, the extra mile for me was that they were healthy. Um, and so forcing myself to kind of really think about, you know, what enough of a gift was, but I got even more of that, um, has, has been helping me in the, in the gratitude practice. Um, but it is, it is a practice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, go. Uh, I was just going to, just kind of reflecting again on, on Philippians. Um, and you know, as he's, as he is walking his way through this practice of gratitude, very, um, memorably in the eighth verse, he says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so quickly and so easily we fall for lies. We fall for the, metric of what truth would be based on what is closest to our face, right? Mm. What, what we're dealing with today is the most true thing. And, and a resurrected Jesus would say, no, 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 no. That's whatever's happening today is not the most true thing. You could die today and that's not really the true thing. Um, you, you could be struggling financially, but you are a prince, a princess, uh, in the in the the palace of the one who owns it all right so fixing your eyes on what is true and your mind on what is true um that 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 is an interesting sometimes feels like gymnastic right uh, that is a that is a a piece of this idea of contentment and gratitude is um to retrace um the things that that Jesus has said are true um, for us, that the world around us is constantly filling the space with noise um, to garble that truth. Yeah. 
Dave, Dave just keeps talking and then we have no response. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, oh, it's good. He he out got his arms out. He's got his arms out again. Um, so maybe we, maybe on that note, because um, I think that was well said. I think on that mm-hmm. note, why don't we, why don't we take a look at um, what's coming up, Patty? Because mm-hmm. we're we're taking a look at a Christmas season. Christmas Christmas series are difficult um, for me. Um, just because I've done so many of them and it's hard to be creative. So I really appreciated you, Patty, jumping in, um, with a great idea. So tell us a little bit about what you've been thinking about for this series. Yeah. I mean, one, I think I, I think I start off with the idea that, you know, calling the series adventure in a place like the, and writing from the Pacific Northwest, you know, that's, it's kind of in our blood. You know, the joke is, is that we're always dressed to go on a hike. Uh, even though we don't often go on hikes. Um, I mean, some people, you know, just depends. Um, but you know, people love, there's so many options out here from, you know, uh, parasailing the gorge to surfing. I mean, some people surf on the coast. You've got to be so, uh, you know, covered up with wetsuits down to your goggles, um, that, you know, to survive it. But, um, you know, skiing and, and everything that you can do up here, but, but inherent with the word adventure, as I said before, is the word risk. So it inv- always involves some kind of risk. And, and obviously, man, when we think about the Christmas story, there were so many risks from so many different sides of that story from, uh, you know, the, the divine coming to earth, um, and risking, you know, everything, uh, to save us, to become, a, a baby. Um, and, uh, you know, risks from that perspective, risks from Mary and Joseph, obviously, who were breaking, you know, had to break social cultural norms, um, religious law to be able to go through with, you know, bringing the Christ child into the world. Um, you know, at every step there were risks from the moment Jesus was born, um, you know, he was at risk, um, and had to be on the run. So, uh, there, there's one way to think about it in just the Christmas story itself, right? It's, there were a lot of risks in what happened. The incarnation is, is I think the greatest miracle that ever took place. But then we're told that the incarnation, which is Jesus becoming flesh continues on today in and through us. Um, so what does that look like in the different, um, weeks that we'll be talking about this week? It's, uh, the Bethlehem adventure, um, you know, and then it's the Roman adventure, what was going on in the time, uh, in, in the political world there. Um, after that, we're looking at the angels and the celebration with the shepherds, uh, and maybe a peek into the divine realm. And then last week is the parenting adventure, uh, and what took place there, which, is hard to, you know, I have a couple in my congregation that just had their first baby, uh, and it is fun to watch, but I, I was thinking about everything that's in store for them in the coming weeks and months and years. So, uh, but with each week, it'll be looking, you know, kind of coming back at the end of it to, okay, so how does Christ incarnate inside of us in, in Bethlehem, in our homes, in, in Rome, in the world around us? you know, and, and how do we bring heaven to earth? And, and, uh, so it will be looking each week into that. So it's kind of a, a quick summary, um, of the series, but I'm looking forward to it because, uh, you know, risk is just like the uncomfortable series risk is, is uncomfortable, uh, at times it's exciting. Um, but it is the, the world we're called to, um, inhabit. So there you go in a nutshell. 
I think it's great. I'm really, I'm actually really looking forward to preaching through this. Um, and I think, I think that you just taking the concept of risk in this particular, um, format, you know, in this particular series, is kind of interesting because I'm not sure that we talk about that so terribly much. Um, mm-hmm. The risk that God took, the risk that Mary and Joseph took, you know, the risk that's involved in just living in in um, a Roman occupied territory at the time, um, and the risk that heaven took. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a that's a big risk. God had to believe in us in some respects, yeah, yeah. to come and be willing to save us. Yeah. And then incarnation is such a such a rich and deep topic, I think. Yeah. In my opinion. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's there's so much there. And and honestly, I think it was the uh maybe the nativity story. I don't know if if that's right or not, but it was one of those movies that that came out that that had a scene in it that caused me to th- pause and think a little bit more than I had before about it was they were following Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem and there was one of the nights when they had stopped and they were sitting around the campfire, which mind you would have taken approximately four days. They say of Mary riding on a donkey to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem when she was as pregnant as she was super fun. Um, but that they had a, they had a campfire in the movie and they're talking and, and the question I think that Mary asked Joseph was, are you afraid? And, you know, even though the angel said not to be, and he's like, well, yeah, I'm afraid. And, and she said, what, what are you afraid of? And then he said, well, how am I going to teach the son of God anything? Um, and, and it just made me think a little bit about, yeah, you know, there's always pressure when you have a child, but thinking about bringing in the Christ child, now, whether they knew fully what they meant, that meant, they certainly knew or felt like it was, you know, potentially the Messiah, um, you know, but, but man, the weight of that, um, just had to be heavy in, in, in addition to everything else that you feel, you know, becoming a parent. Um, so that, that, that one, uh, in particular, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to wrestling with. I, I don't know if I never necessarily thought about that before. Um, because being a parent, uh, we should probably save all this to, to yeah. that week. But <laughs> but being parent is a mixed bag of emotions. Yeah, yeah, right. Deep love, frustration, and all that happening all at the same time, and then to add a level of divinity within that seems, yeah, maybe not super reasonable. Well, and I I don't know if you guys wrestle with this, but you know, there's the there's the myths of Christmas, right, and the Christmas story versus what was you know, more likely to have happened. It's always a little bit tough when you write about it. Cause you're, you're thinking about, man, people have thought about this happening a certain way for so long and I'm just going to mess that up. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that, but, um, you know, I, and I, and I thought about that connection with Mary, um, you know, not having, you know, likely not having to go to not required to go to Bethlehem. Like Ma- Joseph could have represented that. Um, but, you know, represented them as the head of the household, um, but likely being taken because Joseph was worried about her being left alone and the anger that people probably still had and wanting to judge her for having a child out of out of wedlock, so to speak. So um, I just think there there was risk at every step of that journey. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and then think about what happened to Bethlehem after, you know, uh, Jesus was born, which again, in scripture, it often comes off as if, as if it was immediate that the wise men left and, and, um, Herod sent the, you know, realized what happened, but some scholars think it was up to two years before Joseph and Mary had the flight to Egypt. Um, so, but then Bethlehem is, is pretty rocked by that decision as well, uh, in having the children killed. Um, you know, so, so yeah, there was just so much in that story, um, Mm. that created, it was a risk for everybody, wherever, wherever they went, whatever they did. You just triggered a thought. I'm not sure I've, I've had, um, that, uh, because traveling on a donkey that pregnant was actually (laughs) dangerous, right? Right. For both mother and child. When things typically, you know, in, in that day and age, if things went wrong, they often went wrong for both mother mm-hmm. and child, right? Mm-hmm. The notion that that danger was still much safer for <laughs> her than staying yeah. home, right? All the yeah, things that you have grown up to consider your points of safety and belonging, that <clears throat> that traveling sometimes potentially even through the night on a donkey pregnant with your with your you know companion that this is the greatest amount of community you could count on it um and and yet it's a huge this adventure is a huge exercise in perspective right because as they travel um getting more and more alone with every donkey footstep. (laughs) They're actually traveling towards hills that come alive with angels and gifts from afar and, you know, all this stuff that, that goes on. It is, um, they may feel like they're, they're walking into the night of darkness, right. And loneliness Mm. and separation. And they barely, they, there's no place for them. Right. Mm. And I, I think about that and metaphorically for, for how our people are going to step into this series too, in the midst of Christmas advertisements and holiday cheer and whatever else is going on, there can be such emptiness and loneliness and um, a sense of failing and uh, that it's just, it's, it's darkness and it's not going to get better. If it can't be good at Christmas, it just can't get better, right? <laughs> Mm. Um, and, and I think Jesus would want to remind us through his story that those footsteps, it's a matter of perspective. You, you, even as you walk and are feeling that darkness, you could be walking toward, um, the opportunity for incredible community and a change to everything. And then the opening of a, of a whole new reality, um, Mm. that is bigger and different and goes beyond the things that we've carried in our past or that we're trying to escape. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting that you mentioned that because maybe hope is the biggest risk, right? Mm. At the end of the day for us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And even, even to hope in, in the season that things will get better, that you won't be lonely, that, you know, there's, there's significant, uh, there's significant risk in that. And you know, that's what, that's one of the interesting things is that we, being in community, you assume risk for other people. 
like you take that risk on. Um, and that, that's what we call it in the healthcare field, right? Uh, hospitals assume risk for a certain population and they either make money or lose money depending on that. But um, in community, particularly in faith communities, we have a tendency to assume risk for whoever walks in that door. And then, um, you know, the, the, and the hope they assume, you know, they're risking is they hope that this will be a community that says it is what it is, like that is actually what it says it is. So when we put that word out that we're a community of belonging and somebody walks in that door, man, that's a, yeah, that's a big risk. It's a big risk for them. It's a big risk for us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the way around. Um, you know, that the, (laughs) the challenge that the, the audacious statement that we're going to be a community of belonging, Mm -hmm. right. it, It borders on pretense, right. Um, that that we can even live up to that claim uh, wow. but it is that 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 bold brave adventure of hope um that in a broken world with you know troubled human beings that we could actually be there for one another mm-hmm. and that that we could be evidence that god even exists is um, an amazing, risky adventure for sure. Yeah. And, and you guys are right too, to think about the person that walked away from, you know, a faith community because it wasn't that for them. It wasn't a place of hope. It wasn't a place of belonging. And then they step into one of our places for the first time. They they even choose to do it, get up in the morning and drive <laughs> to the parking lot I mean, the incredible courage that it takes to to do that um, in hopes that they'll find it again. And you're right, Tim, when when someone has lost hope or they haven't had it in a while, like opening that door back up to hope again is so scary, um, you know, to, to do that, the risk that's involved, um, you know, but man, I, I, it's, it's one of the things that I get. Uh, both excited to be able to provide a place that I hope people feel like they can come back to, but it also keeps me on my knees because, you know, I want to continue to, to foster that kind of place, the community of belonging that's, that's safe and, and that provides hope again in, in a world that so desperately needs more of it. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, man, it takes a lot. I always, I always think about, um, telling someone that you love them for the first time, right? The risk that hangs in the air once you've said it, Hmm. not sure if it's coming back, Um, you know, and, and all the different responses that can happen, you know, the, Oh, great. Or thank you. (laughs) Like Hmm. all the ones that you don't want and then hoping for the one that you want. Um, And I think that's, that's what it is when people are walking in. Yeah. Right. When people walk into our doors, when people hope that that they will belong, when people hope that they will be accepted um, and when they hope that they will they will experience something more than they've experienced before. Yeah. Um, I'm writing a lot about that as I'm writing the series guide for our upcoming series um, in the new year, New Wine. And um, we're, by the way, we're pushing that metaphor as far as we can in five weeks. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like you're going to know a lot about, um, about wine skins, just to be clear. But, um, 
<clears throat> something that every Adventist probably needs to know more about yeah. in the yeah. in the 21st century. Um, but but yeah, um, the the risk that people take when they walk in um, to a community of belonging, and once they've to to believe that it can be different, hmm. you know, and that's I think that's actually the message of the Christmas season too, right? What we're saying is we believe because of this event, you know, the things that led up to it and the things that followed from it, because of this event, things are different and you can find a deeper love. You can find deeper purpose. You can find a real community. You can find meaning in places that you hadn't before. Um, And, you know, the struggle is, you know, we fight a history of not always getting it right. And the hard part is and we've all been in ministry for a little while, we know that we've all been in places and done things where people haven't gotten it, where we haven't gotten it right. And there are people who no longer want to step into our communities because of us, um, you know, and the, and the risk they take. So all of this is risky business, if you will. Yeah. 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 But it, yeah, it is. It is risky. There's no buts. And, you know, there is that, idea of the spirit of adventure that is first of all i i think the founding of our our faith uh tradition uh as as seventh day adventists this idea of adventure that we were gonna we felt led to kind of break free um and and do something different and follow uh what the spirit was doing at the time and what the spirit was teaching um that we carry on into today so there adventure is risky and scary and takes courage and bravery but it's also exciting and fun when we really lean into it. And I think we feel that too. I, I, I often tell people um, that are involved in volunteering is like, did you ever think that you could have so much fun volunteering at church? Like this is, this is fun stuff, what we're doing. Um, it's hard and it's risky. Sure. Um, but it's also fun. And uh, I don't, I don't want to leave that part of the adventure out of it. There's some great things that happen along the way that are, uh, we need, we can celebrate. Right. Hey, that's awesome, guys. I actually need to go, and so I'm going to wrap this up. One other piece, um, if you come to Redlands through this season, we have, and you'll see the graphic for this new series, it all has to do with like slides, old slides from Slide Carousel, Um, and we have decorated our whole lobby with, um, my wife has done an amazing job of, of hanging and creating lamps and all this stuff from slides. My father, when he died gave us probably 10, 15, I don't know, 20,000 slides of all his trips. And so it's all of his travel adventures, um, wow. all these slides are. And there's some of me as a very young child. So if you spent the time looking for them, you could probably find them. Um, mm. But we wanted to capture that kind of spirit of adventure together through the design of the series as well as for us in the lobby. So anyway, um, guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time and your thoughts. Um, and those of you who are listening, we really appreciate you continuing to grow this podcast. It's getting bigger every single week. I just got an email saying that it is now ranked on some very particular ranking that I don't, couldn't figure out. So, um, but we're ranked, we're now ranked podcast, which may mean some guy in Iowa in his mom's basement ranked us and wanted to make money off of it. I don't know, but hopefully it's a good ranking. Anyway, thank you guys so much. We so appreciate you have a great day. And of course, love well. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Lovewell Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com give 
and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.